This podcast is sponsored by Active Skin Repair, a skin health company helping people heal with natural, non-toxic, medical-grade ingredients. Active Skin Repair uses a molecule called hypochlorous acid, which mimics our natural immune response to cleanse, soothe irritation, reduce inflammation, and support healing. We've been loving Active Skin Repair for all the cuts and scrapes that show up in the active toddler life. Sage loves that there's both the spray version, but also a cream version. He likes to get to choose which one he's going to do. He calls it the magic cream. And it's been so great for taking care of Mila's neck rash now that she's full on teething. Can we get a minute for a teething three and a half month old? What in the world? Active Skin Repair has thousands of five-star reviews and the ingredients so safe and clean, they can be used from the youngest member of the family to the oldest. Keeping it simple with one soothing solution for all your family's skin health needs. Visit www.activeskinrepair.com to learn more about Active Skin Repair and to get 20% off your order, use code VILLAGE. That's www.activeskinrepair.com, code VILLAGE, for 20% off your order. Welcome to Voices of Your Village. You're listening to episode number 32. So I, it was probably about four or five years ago, I was hanging out with a friend of mine who had a one-year-old, and she just mentioned how her abs were separated because of her pregnancy. And how they used to be one, and now they were separate. I was like, excuse me, what? And then went on to learn about diastasis recti, which is ab separation, which is common during pregnancy. And then, not two weeks later, I'm hanging out with a different mama friend, and she was referring to urine incontinence. And essentially like, yeah, when I sneeze, I pee. When I cough, I pee. And I was like, excuse me, what? (laughs) Like in none of this, I was like, why do we keep having kids? Why are people doing this? If your body is literally just like falling apart afterward. So I went on to hear a lot of these stories over the next few years and realized these women were definitely not alone. And so I figured it was just kind of par for the course. This is what happens when you have tiny humans and like Whatever, women are hardcore badasses, and so we keep doing it. But then I came across Jamie Jones, and she was sharing about the pelvic floor and making sure that it's strong enough to stay where it should be and to be able to hold up the rest of your body here to help you control your bladder. Uh, she references things like painful sex and why it shouldn't be just a given or a norm and how we can control that by working with the pelvic floor. So, as I'm sure you do as well right now, I had a million questions. I'm always the kid with my hand in the air, so this should come as no shock, but she sat down with me. She's also hilarious and just, I, I... absolutely love following her on Instagram. She has two kiddos herself and this is what she does for a living. And she is a personal trainer working at Pronatal Fitness in New York City, uh, working prenatally and postpartum with clients who are trying to repair their pelvic floor or maintain its strength throughout pregnancy and beyond. And also, guys, she healed 
her diastasis recti with just breathing exercises. My mind was blown. So stay tuned, find out all these hot tips and secrets so that none of us have to just accept this as what it's like to be a woman. Without further ado, let's dive in. Hang out with Jamie. Welcome to Voices of Your Village, a place where parents, caregivers, teachers, and experts come to support one another on this wild ride of raising tiny humans. We combine decades of experience with the latest research to create the modern parenting village. Let's dive into honest conversation about real parenting challenges so it doesn't have to be this hard. I'm your host, sleep consultant, child development specialist, and passionate feminist, Alyssa Blass Campbell. Welcome to Voices of Your Village. Today I am here with Jamie. Hi, Jamie. Hi. Thanks for joining us today. Oh, I love it. I'm so excited to be here. So, Jamie, can you tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do? Oh, sure. Um, I am a mom of two. I have a an almost three and a half year old boy and a one year old, a 15 month um, boy and they keep me super, super busy. I am a pre and postnatal fitness trainer. Actually, after my first son, um, I was certified during my pregnancy because I could not find any appropriate information for what to do, what not to do, how to stay active safely and not damage my whole body. And because of not finding any appropriate information, even as little as four years ago, I ended up with diastasis recti, so a split between my abdominals and an inguinal hernia that I didn't know I had until my second pregnancy as a result of that abdominal weakening, which also resulted in some pelvic floor issues. And I just got this extreme passion to help women that wanted to stay active and fit and strong, more than aesthetic. Lee, which of course we all love when that comes in play too, but just, you know, I needed some, I wanted to feel strong again. I wanted to still feel like I was capable. You lose so much control when you're pregnant of so many things in your body that are just, everything's changing before you know it and looks or otherwise things just feel differently. And so I wanted to figure out how to help women stay strong. So I was trained for pre-postnatal corrective exercise and diastasis recti repair. And then after the birth of my second son, added in the pelvic floor work when all of a sudden pelvic floor had a new meaning after two babies (laughs) and figuring out what to do with my core in terms of stomach core, but not pelvic floor part of the core, which of course we'll get into. And recently a certified doula. Cheers. That's exciting. So yes, thank you. So that's a bit of the backstory. Amazing. Well, I'm so excited to learn from you because there's a lot of things you mentioned that I don't know a lot about and I don't think I'm alone there. So can we start off with just like, what is the pelvic floor? It's often not until women have issues that they realize what it is. And the sad thing is a lot of the time that these women do have issues, they don't know what it is. So they're not correcting anything because since we didn't know about it before, once the issue happens, we're not really sure what the cause of it is. And it's just not really talked about. It's not explained. 
I don't think our OBGYNs or um, midwife and doula are definitely more in tune to how to protect a woman's pelvic floor. But again, that's once you're pregnant and there's lots of things you can be doing before you get pregnant that will help you throughout pregnancy and beyond. And you do train it a little differently while you're pregnant than post-pregnancy once the marathon has already taken place. So, (laughs) you know. Yeah, I appreciate it. So what, what, what is encompassed in the pelvic floor when we refer to it? What are we really referring to? Yes. I know it's this web of muscles and it's strong muscles and it's it's like a trampoline underneath all of your organs. So when we talk about your core, it extends from your spine all the way around to the front tissue in the middle, like that girdle area, and all the way up through just beneath your breastbone where your diaphragm is, all the way down through the pelvic floor, which is, again, that trampoline of muscles that are holding up all your organs. So you can imagine when you're pregnant, the pelvic floor muscles are what are holding up your stomach as it gets larger, the baby weight, all the organs inside that are shifting. It's it's holding all those things up. And while it does that, it's also just taking a ton of strain. And 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 if we don't know how to train it to control it, it just sort of flops and flops and flops. And it's like mm-hmm. something jumping on a trampoline that's also not being strengthened. So those muscles extend kind of like a diamond shape from what would be your urethra mm-hmm. in the front. So it's like stopping the flow of urine and in the back rectum anus, like stopping the passing of gas to the two side bones, which are like your sit bones. So if you were to take your hands like this and sit on your hands um, and just kind of shift back and forth, you'd feel like two bony landmarks. Those are your sits bones and they kind of just mark the side where those muscles kind of meet in this web of three layers of, of muscles. And it includes your tailbone and your coccyx as, as well, which is, which is why being able to control these while you deliver a baby and your tailbone that actually extends back, which not a lot of people know it moves, being able to have control of all those things while you relax and deliver a baby are su- super important. But then also having the strength post-baby to control bladder, all of the other things that kind of come with it. Yeah. If it's not functioning properly, it can cause painful intercourse. There are a variety of different things that women don't always understand as part of a pelvic floor problem. So um, breathing properly. um, I mean, I think most notably for women, it would be like the urinary leakage. Um, and that can be before or after babies. That doesn't even necessarily have to be as a result of pregnancy. You typically find it more in that sense, just because it's already had um, that strain, but it can kind of be any time. So there are a lot of different, I mean, you could be constipated and it could be pelvic floor issue. It can cause hip pain. It can cause knee pain. There are so many things. What, like what affects it? Um. Not having the strength before you do things. I think obviously exercise 
not, not, not utilizing your pelvic floor while you exercise can be a problem, but also kind of day-to-day -day activities. If you do a ton of walking, oftentimes how you breathe can affect your pelvic floor. So if you're not breathing properly through your diaphragm and having that full expansion and contraction, a chest breather, as many of us are before you, you really understand how to functionally breathe through your core, um, just even like not breathing properly um, can cause pelvic floor issues, but especially runners oftentimes have a lot of pelvic floor problems. Men can also have pelvic floor problems. And there's usually, again, is as a result of weightlifting properly, mm -hmm. breathing while you weightlift, if you hold your breath while you exercise, which a lot of people do, if you just, as things get hard, you just hold your breath. The more you hold your breath, the more strain is on your core. It's kind of like squeezing your core when you're holding your breath and it's pushing everything down mm -hmm. onto your pelvic floor. So like heavy weight lifters often have hemorrhoids is also a result of pelvic floor problems. So they'll often get hemorrhoids or um, leak, um, urinary leakage because they hold their breath as they weight lift. And so it's just pushing that core canister in and compressing all those muscles pushing diaphragm, stomach, everything else down onto those muscles and causing strain and pushing them out. Again, I think for most women, it's probably running, excessive walking, and pregnancy that we usually see most of the lack of, of good functionality for pelvic floor. What are ways that we can be strengthening it before pregnancy, just in everyday life, and then prenatally, and we'll get into postpartum as well? This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Being back to work after maternity leave has been so good and frankly, so hard. I love what I do and I missed collaborating with my team while I was out and it's been a tough transition. The combination of a packed schedule and still being the milk machine for Mila Bean, it's hard to juggle everything. I feel so grateful for my weekly therapy hour. Sometimes I'm just holding so much and I need a safe space to let it out and get it off my chest. I've noticed that when I don't release it, it comes out anyway, but usually in ways that aren't aligned with how I want to show up in the world. BetterHelp is such a convenient, flexible option for parents who just can't take the travel time to get to an in-person therapy visit. It's entirely online. You can show up in your jammies, always a win in my book, and you can switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and you're on your way to feeling heard. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash voices today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash voices. Well, hey there, busy mama. Are you looking for ways to make your life easier, your home less chaotic, and at the same time, add more joy to your life? My name is Deanna Yates, and I'm the host of Wanna Be Clutter Free a podcast all about letting go of the stuff we don't need in our lives so that we can focus on what truly matters. Don't worry, I'm not going to tell you to throw it all away or make you feel guilty about keeping something you love, no matter how many other people don't quite understand it. But I will give you practical and more importantly, actionable advice so that you can make progress right away. And you won't just hear it from me. There are amazing guests too. It's like having your bestie in your pocket, telling you it's okay to let go of the things that are not serving you and your family in a totally non-judgmental way. 
So join me over on the podcast where we can work on progress over perfection for those of us that want to be clutter-free. I love when people ask me about (laughs) conditioning these things before babies. I didn't do it. I didn't, you know, if you would have asked me what a Kegel was, it would have just stopping pee as everyone would say, like, stop, stop, act like you're peeing and stop. That's, that's half of, that's not even a half. That's a quarter of your muscles. So that's great. Um, I also probably, I I wasn't breathing properly when I was exercising before I became a trainer and learned how to do it for myself. So before you're pregnant, first of all, I mean, Google anything you can about pelvic floor muscles. There's really actually a lot of information out there. Pelvic floor first, which again, I'll share after is a really great, um, Australian based website, but they kind of, in a very basic, like layman's terms, explain to you what muscles they are, how you can find them, and common myths about what 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 causes issues, what might be an issue, what might not be an issue. So learn what the muscles are. Figure out what you're strengthening first and kind of the purpose of what you're strengthening. And then from there, I would say try some of the exercises. So again, I'll link a really great YouTube video that we use for all of our pregnant and postnatal clients for ways that you can find them. It's like a long video just on different ways to sit, different ways to breathe in order just to find the muscles, to feel them. Because oftentimes women don't know what to do with them because they can't find them. And I would say find them and then just get comfortable using them. So the quickest way we describe it is find those muscles, your sits bones, the bony landmarks in your butt, and obviously stopping the flowing of urine, stopping the passing of gas. And what you want to do is think of lifting all those muscles up together to pick up a blueberry and lifting the blueberry up without squishing the blueberry. Mm. The other thing women don't know is that you can often overly strengthen. So we just don't want women like kegeling their life away. (laughs) If you overly tighten the muscles, you can actually cause urinary incontinence as well, which is why this is such a tricky barrier of falling in the middle of, you don't want to over strengthen or strengthen the wrong way, but you don't want to not do anything and then just have no control of these functions. So the I found this from a Canadian physiotherapist and she's amazing. And it changed how I worked with my own body because everyone would say, lift up the marble. And you're like, oh, okay. I was like lifting for dear life. <laughs> you want to think of grabbing a blueberry and lifting it up without squishing the blueberry. That's about as much control as you need to strengthen those muscles at just the place that you would need to strengthen them without overly tightening and you want to do it like an elevator everybody wants to ride in an elevator up three floors slowly and come back down three floors slowly nobody wants an elevator that goes like this Mm -hmm. how many people do you think are sitting there right now working on this as they listen tell I always tell by the women that are in my class because you can see they're they're holding their breath when they're first trying to figure because it's a lot to think about it's a lot to think about right and you're trying to figure out the sensations like feel like so we usually just say bring them all together imagery because you can't bring the bones together but those muscles are all coming together 
lifting up slowly for three, two, one. You could hold it there if you want, if you have that level of control for a second. And back down, lower it to wherever you're sitting for three, two, one. Um, and so before pregnancy, I usually just say, once you figure that out, and again, once we send the video, you can watch it and you can practice, try those. Try those two or three times a day whenever you remember. The beautiful thing is no one knows you're doing it. So you can be sitting at a desk. And for a lot of our women that we see postpartum that we train, we tell them to do it at least three times when they're feeding their baby throughout the day. If you think about how many times you're feeding a baby, that way, like just sort of gets you in the conditioning of sort of incorporating this throughout your day without overdoing it and um, making it kind of second nature. And then during pregnancy is a little different. You don't want to overly strengthen because you need those muscles to relax. So I think there's, there's something to be said for having the awareness of what they are, especially if you're being active during your pregnancy. You do want to do a little bit of toning. We would say toning more than strengthening so that you're just utilizing those muscles. You've got awareness of what they are. You know how to protect them by not holding your breath when you're working out or when you're walking, or, but you're not overly strengthening. You don't want to get to mm -hmm. delivery and be too tight to the point where you can't relax those muscles when it's important that you know how to relax those muscles. So we don't do a ton of strengthening with our prenatal clients. That's more of just the beginning of the session. I'll say, give me 30 seconds of pelvic floor. And that's probably all they're going to do for the week. Maybe they do it once a day. Probably not. And then postpartum, we kick back in. So as soon as it feels good, C-section or vaginal, it makes no difference, to be honest. Whether you have a C-section or not, you have to hold the pelvic floor has been holding up baby the whole 10 months anyway. So it's already taken that strain. Yes, pushing can do a little bit more damage, but you still have to control pelvic floor in the same way. So I would go back into getting in the habit of doing it every time you feed your baby and just getting to the point where you're not overly squeezing, but that you're activating those muscles. So then like, I guess in everyday life, are you doing this every day as a part of just like your life and your routine three times a day? Yes. I mean, as a mom, so it's one of those things where if you can remember to do it every day, yeah, <laughs> it's the ideal. but if you can't, I mean, I would try to send a reminder to yourself. I think it's really important to... Cool activate. Um, if we're working with women who have, excuse me, diastasis um, in their abdominals or anything like that, we tell them the same way you would set an alarm for other things to set an alarm because you can do it in 30 seconds. You can do it in, you know, even if you just do 30 seconds of it, it's better than nothing. And it's, again, it's one of those things where you can do it all the time. So I usually tell my moms who are going back to work, who are working with, do it when you first sit down at your desk in the morning, do it when you come back from lunch and you sit back down at your desk and then once before you leave for the day if those are the only three that you do put a little post-it note and it says pf pelvic floor pfa pelvic floor activation nobody has to know what that is right it's a little reminder um just to do it there because it is one of those things that we're not controlling just as we walk. Most of us are not controlling it as we walk we're not controlling it as we want as we run so 
if you can just kind of counter that, even as you're just sitting still when you can really focus on it, it will help keep those muscles conditioned as we go throughout our daily function of living, right. of bending, of stretching, of reaching for things. And you mentioned just like breathing. So in terms of like all the time should we be breathing from our diaphragm? This is a regular thing I should be working on. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard. <laughs> so I won't even pretend like that's a normal thing because it's not. And I actually only figured this out when I went to pelvic, uh, I didn't go to pelvic therapy, when I went to physical therapy during my first pregnancy for what I thought was sciatica. Mm. It was a pinch to nerve, but um, she she had me stand there and breathe and she was having me do all these exercises and I didn't realize she was evaluating my breathing. And she said, if you, if you breathe like that in labor, you're never gonna be able to push this baby out. And I was like, oh, that's encouraging, fantastic. So. I, here I am breathing the same way I've done this all my life. Right. And she said, try, try to like take an inhale and breathe, push out for 10 seconds. And I, I couldn't do it because I'm breathing through my chest and I'm not filling my diaphragm with air. Now I will say as a trainer who trains this all day long, I, I probably 60% of my day is not done with optimal functional breathing. That's it, encouraging. It is. I mean, it's hard. It's hard. It's one more thing to think about. I will say though, it has completely changed knowing how to breathe has completely changed um, how I bend for things, how I lift things up, how I carry my children, the stroller, the car seat. So where I do think it's definitely made an impact and I'm very, very cognizant of um, this breathing and this core control is when I'm lifting and bending and carrying things, which are our daily functional activities as a mom, you know, everyone. And that's part of why we train people the way we do um, through pronatal is when you have the baby, the baby's maybe six, seven, eight, plus pounds on average. So lifting three pound weights throughout our pregnancy is only going to be but so helpful. I mean, you put a six pound baby in an 11 pound car seat and if you can't control your core or know how to stabilize your core standing upright, you're throwing your back out, you're throwing your shoulder out, or you're not throwing it out, but you're just in pain all the time. Yeah. And so knowing how to breathe is a big part of being able to control your core. So no, I wouldn't. I get through my whole day functionally <laughs> using my breath the way that I should through my diaphragm. It has changed the way I exercise for my physical and respiratory endurance. And other than that, really just core function. It's how I've corrected my diastasis um, without doing any like ab abdominal work, if you will. So yeah, I would say you corrected it all with breathing. I corrected it all with breathing, all of it, and had the best. I would say, okay, so I've never had a six pack. I've never been like super <laughs> tiny and, and 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 very slender. After my first son, when I was I would call you slender, slender, <laughs> slender. But I, I've never been. You know, I've always had a button thighs and and mm -hmm. had kind of a normal shape. So I had diastasis after my first, and typically they measure that by the amount of fingers that you can um, kind of push between the center 
lining of your stomach, sort of like that girdle that attaches down the front that maybe gave you that lean flat, flat waistline before babies. And then during babies, that girdle pops open because mm-hmm. you get a belly. Um, and then afterwards, it's that tissue that's been strained that's right down the center that just can't pull that girdle back together on its own. Uh-huh. Um, it's called the linea alba, just to get technical. Um, and I would say before you get pregnant, it's kind of like silly putty. <clears throat> so it's flexible, it's pliable, but it's thick. And after you have a baby, it's kind of like saran wrap. So it's bummer (laughs) and doesn't really like bend the same and it's not as pliable. So you, and, and with some women, you can actually take like four fingers sideways and put your fingers straight all the way through the center of the tissue and push down into her abdominals, which causes what someone would say is like a mommy pooch in your lower abdominals, just beneath your belly button, um, where the, the, the base of that strain was. So a lot of women think that that's just exercise that's causing it, but it's also how you get out of bed, how you lay back down into bed. Like if I were to sit up and just lean back down into bed, that's basically like doing a crunch. If I were to just be leaning back on a pillow and sit up from a pillow, um, that's a crunch. That's like a strain. So um, I have women that have it all the time that are like, I didn't do anything throughout my pregnancy, but it, a lot of it's your daily function. How did you bend over to pick up? those keys that you dropped, um, that kind of thing. So actually learning how to breathe through my diaphragm and my core is the only way that I fused this tissue. It's kind of like a bicep curl for your core. So you do the Mm -hmm. full contraction on an inhale and your belly kind of expands. Again, I'll I'll link a video for this as well. Um, And then on the exhale, you kind of tighten it up and you try to imagine like a zipper from your pelvic floor all the way up to your breastbone. Um, and you try to think of mentally fusing that tissue. This is one of those things with our clients where we, we tell them to set a a timer. They have to do it 15 times a day and it's just breathing. It takes like 30 seconds. You're doing inhaling and exhaling, inhaling, exhaling. There's a specific way to do it. And I did this for, um, it didn't take me six months to fuse it, but I had a completely flat waistline by the time I was six months postpartum without doing any crunches, any crunches or no, no crunches, sit-ups. I really didn't even do planks. That's a lot of strain on your core, especially if you have diastasis. Um, So yeah, learning how to breathe is huge for your pelvic floor. That means I knew when to relax those muscles, the muscles, Mm -hmm. the muscles, um, you know, on the inhale, you relax the muscles. On the exhale, everything comes back up together. Again, all in a longer video because it takes a while. Yeah. Um, and it's just one of those things you just practice. But the best thing is you can do it from home. You can do it sitting in a desk. I tell women, we live in New York City. So anytime you're stopped at a red light and you're waiting for the light to change to try to do like three or four breaths. So again, we don't expect people to be doing this all the time throughout their day. I don't. I'm the first one to say that I don't. But whenever you can incorporate a little bit of strengthening and toning for these muscles, it'll just create a whole overall um, um, comfortability in your lifestyle. I mean, TMI, but I always know when I haven't been doing it enough because I might get constipated. Mm. Or if I'm doing it too much on the flip side and I'm overly tightening because I'm teaching women to do this all day and I have to remember sometimes I got to slow down because I'm doing it too much. Um, also, also like painful sex after having a baby. 
you know, we shouldn't have to suffer or be uncomfortable for the rest of our lives after having kids. And that's often something you need to go to a pelvic floor therapist. Oh, hey, everybody. It's us, Blair and Molly, your old pals from Toddler Purgatory, two moms who are also actors, who are also creative beings, who sometimes feel stuck. And now we're back with a whole new podcast about unsticking it, launching in January. What happens when life gets in the way of our creativity instead of nourishing it? We talk to all sorts of guests about how to break through the mucky, gluey, sticky wall that can get between you and your creativity. We hear about their journeys, their successes, their challenges, and even their bougie coffee shop orders. So join us, won't you, as we deep dive into how to unstick ourselves from the life gunk that can get in the way of our creative freedom. Get out of there, life gunk. Let us help you get back to your best creative self. Look for Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. Wherever you listen to podcasts starting in January, Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. Because sometimes life sucks. Unsticking it. Feel like you're the martyr in your family? You're not alone. Hey, this is Joanne. And Brie. And we're from the No Guilt Mom podcast. Brie, we talk to a lot of moms. Yeah, we sure do. And if you're a mom who has a to-do list that is so massive that you get overwhelmed and you shut down. Or if you fall into the habit of doing everything for everyone and don't know how to change it, we can help you become a No Guilt Mom. We're going to take you from family martyr to family model. That's role model. So that you role model the behavior that you want to see out of your kids. You're going to go from being tired and overwhelmed to energized and guilt free. Every week, you'll get actionable strategies that you can implement right away from the experts that we interview and from us. We also have a whole lot of fun. So check out the No Get Mom podcast everywhere you listen to your favorite shows. So that was one of the questions I received was, is painful sex related to your pelvic floor? And if so, like, what do you do about that? That is a pelvic floor therapy situation. Um, There's nothing, there's, there's really minimal exercise that you can do on your own to fix that, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. I'm someone who also has to go to physical therapy for that after baby number two. Um, and it's not something that I can control, even though, even as with as much knowledge as I have about pelvic floor, um, what I'm thinking happened is I probably overly tightened during my second pregnancy again, Mm -hmm. because I'm instructing this three or four times a day. Um, and inadvertently probably overly tightening more than I should, um, completely smooth labor and delivery, but being overly tight can cause these issues. So for physical therapy, Um, it's an interesting process. It's an internal massage, if you will. Hmm. Someone who's very familiar, she's not an OBGYN, she's totally separate, um, actually does an internal massage and kind of stretches muscles that you may have overly tightened to kind of loosen up areas that you can't reach, um, on your own. And I think it's because a lot of women, as stressed as we are as mothers and moving around, we don't know how to relax fully. That's another reason why this deep breathing, this diaphragmatic breathing is really good. It kind of forces you to like just slow down for a second. But um, like I know, especially us in the city, we walk around like hypertonic all day. You're like, everything is very tense and pulled up and, and you're just moving, moving, moving so fast. 
that I think it's natural that even if you haven't been doing pelvic floor exercises, it's really easy for women and mothers to walk around hypertonic and just tense and stressed all the time. Um, I'm sure a lot of people are like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and it's, it's hard to control and it's hard to even, until you're familiar with your pelvic floor, it's hard to even realize that you're doing it. I mean, I, I, I never realized that I'm doing it. It's another reason why we say, don't hold your urine if you feel like you need to go to the bathroom. You know, similarly, if you have to have a bowel movement, go to the bathroom when you have to go to the bathroom. I think a lot of women get into that habit of maybe holding for just a little bit longer than they should. But again, that's just like one big hold of your pelvic floor. Mm -hmm. But painful sex is a result of that. And it's one of those things that, again, no women talk about. No one talks about. A lot of people don't know about it until they have the issue that that's what it is where they'll say it might get better, you know, we just had the baby, or maybe it'll get better as we, you know, get further postpartum. And if it's not corrected, it's not going to get better. Um, so that's where pelvic floor therapy comes in. And they're very enlightening about things about your pelvic floor that you don't know and you can't figure out. So I wish it was more of a thing in the United States. Um, yeah, more accessible. More accessible. It's 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 tricky. It's very expensive. Um, even with good insurance, it can be really, really hard to reach for a lot of women. Um, it's kind of sad because like in Canada and in France, you get six to 10 pelvic floor therapy sessions right after you have a baby automatically. Dreams. Like, here you go. And so those women are probably a lot better off just because it's there. If you don't need it, you don't have to, but otherwise it's six to 10 therapy set. That's huge. After yeah, that is. While you're off on your paid leave. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, yeah. Then there's that. Um, <laughs> the other thing. That's why we're so stressed. It <laughs> uh, so it, I feel like urinary incontinence is something that we often chalk up to as like, oh yeah, part of the, just like having kids, this is what happens when I sneeze, I pee. Like, so what I'm hearing from you is that like, it doesn't have to be that way. Correct. That's actually not normal. I mean, I don't want to say it's not normal. It, it, it should not be the trend that's just accepted. Yeah. It's common. It's very, very common, but it should not be accepted. And it makes me really sad that I mean, I can walk down the drugstore and find aisles of products for women who can't engage in physical activities because they, they are urinating on themselves or leaking or that very frequent urge to pee is also a pelvic floor function. That just means you cannot control um, your bladder. So I, I, I wish they would just offer more therapy instead of more products Not products because I can get those very readily for a much cheaper price but you should be able to run you should be able to do jumping jacks you should not have to run from whatever situation you're in to get to a bathroom very quickly just as your own comfort of life you know more than any more than anything else coming from a trainer's perspective like yeah sure I want you to be able to run in class but aside from that I want you to just be able to like enjoy your life and not have to worry about sneezing or coughing or walking too far down the street and needing to have carry items in your purse you know as moms we did a big thing by having a baby right like we're pretty we're pretty excuse me badass for that 
that we shouldn't also have to pee on ourselves. I mean, (laughs) you know, I don't, it's not fair. (laughs) (laughs) It's not fair. (laughs) So um, that's where I stand with that. Um, I love it. So if you could leave folks with like, I guess one takeaway that you're like, here's what you should be doing kind of on the daily, assuming you're not pregnant, because that's a different can of worms on the daily. Here's what you should be mindful of. Um, I think again, go back to just figuring out what it is, mm-hmm. figure out what it is, try it out, try out some breathing, follow this link. It's six minutes. It's just going to teach you enough of what you need to know. Um, and be aware of how you're moving in your daily life, um, physical activity or not. Um, how you bend, how you sit, how you reach for things. Ultimately, I would love for everyone to be able to incorporate even 30 seconds of this diaphragmatic breathing and pelvic floor work. One, just one, one time, either before bed or when you first wake up. One time would be so awesome. And the amount of change I think people would see in their functionality for comfort of life, Um, breathing, going to the bathroom, comfort during sex, all of those things, I think you'd just see sort of an immediate change and shift. But also just for getting a lean flat waistline, it works, this works. And just being able to function, to lift, to lift things. These could be things that could affect you as you get older. You know, um, I think we all see that a lot of women, especially during menopause and postmenopause, end up with these issues all over again. So it might not be something that you have an issue with now, but how you move in life for the next 20 years could end up dictating where you end up postmenopause. And I think the more just awareness you have of it now could actually ultimately affect you later. Um, more so than in the immediate, immediate thing. And I think as women, just anytime we can take a little more control over our body and just have more awareness and understanding of what's happening, I just think that's awesome. Whether you can do it all the time or not, I think just having that, you know, that, that mental understanding of what your body does and can do and can help you more long-term than now. Yeah, for sure. That's awesome. Thank you. Thanks for teaching us. Where can people connect with you? Um, Okay, so I'm on Instagram at Jamie Jones Fit, J-A-M-I-E Jones Fit, F-I-T, as well as Facebook, also Jamie Jones. And if you want to email me, it's um, Jamie, J-A-M-I-E dot Jones at Pronatal Fitness, P-R-O natalfitness.com. Pronatal Fitness also has a ton of great resources, great blog posts. Pronatal Fitness is also on Instagram um, as Pronatal Fitness. And the videos that I will link are part of YouTube. So the Pronatal Fitness (laughs) um, YouTube channel that was recently created. And we just kind of uploaded all the videos for the techniques that we teach our prenatal postnatal clients. But again, these are things that can be applied to anyone. Um, And even better, if you haven't had babies, it's great to start these things now so that you have an understanding and awareness before you get pregnant. And if you've had a baby, it doesn't matter postpartum. Once postpartum, always postpartum. So no matter how old your kids are, you can do this. And the men, men, husbands, 
dads can also do the same breathing and the same pelvic floor work because they have awesome. pelvic floor organs as well. They don't have to have babies, but they have pelvic floor organs. So <laughs> it's shareable for everyone. And you'll also find some great at-home workouts and exercises and things that you can do to do the diaphragmatic breathing um, as well as pelvic floor work. So I think that's probably the fastest way for you to just get the resource um, and maybe apply, apply whatever you can to your life at home. Cool. Yeah, no, I love it. We will link to all that jazz. We can get, I'll get the links from you for the videos and we'll link to your Instagram and Facebook and everything in the blog post. Thank you, Jamie. Thank you for joining me. Yes, you're welcome. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. Thanks for tuning in to Voices of Your Village. Check out the show notes for this episode and all past episodes at voicesofyourvillage.com. Did you know that we have a special community for all of you to be a part of so that we can all gather together to raise emotionally intelligent humans? Head on over to Facebook, search Seed and Sow colon Voices of Your Village and dive into that Facebook group. We cannot wait to hang out with you and collaborate on raising these tiny humans. If you're digging this podcast, head on over to Apple Podcasts, scroll down, click those stars and leave a review. It really fills my heart to hear from all of you. Are you overwhelmed by the things that get in the way of you doing what you want to do? Are you looking for ways to simplify life to better align with your values? Do you want to create space in your schedule so you have room for more of the good stuff? Play, joy, relationships, gratitude, and more? If you answered yes to any of these questions, I invite you to check out Edit Your Life, a podcast to help you edit the unnecessary from your life so you have more room to enjoy the awesome. Through episodes with me, Christine Co., and a range of super smart, compassionate, and thoughtful guests, you'll come away with big picture insights and practical ways to declutter your home, schedule, and mental space without getting bogged down by perfection. I have always believed that small moments and actions matter tremendously. My goal is to help you find agency and space in your life through doable baby steps that will leave you feeling accomplished instead of overwhelmed. Check out Edit Your Life wherever you enjoy your podcasts.